Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 85. I'm Joel Payne. I'm Sam Hargreaves. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. In this episode, we'll be catching up on the summer, reviewing the August God Songs Challenge and setting a new challenge for September. Hi, Joel. Hi, Sam. Welcome back to Blighty. Thank you. It was a great episode last time when you kicked me out and oh, yeah. got other people in. Yeah, I was, a, I was allowed to do whatever I wanted. <laughs> As you can imagine, I do. It's like when when my wife goes away, I can do. I can watch anything I want. So I sit there in front of the telly and I go, I don't know what to watch. I don't know what to do. I can eat any. I don't know what to do. Oh. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so, the idea of it is so much more exciting than it actually works out in practice. Um, Sam, you've been off gallivanting. Tell us about your summer. Yeah, we got to go to Sweden, which was a real blessing. You know. I think if anyone was trying to go abroad this year, you know, they probably were very unsure about whether it would happen. Maybe, I, you know, sorry if it didn't happen for you. It managed to happen for us. Uh, so, yeah, it was really good um, in Sweden. And then we came back and then we did a week at Lee Abbey, um, leading and, and teaching um, down in Devon. Absolutely beautiful place. Uh, we got to play some doxicology songs because we kind of had a bit of a creation theme cool and um yeah lead some worship and teach and it was it was it was a little bit odd to begin with to to actually be with that many people and it was a little bit overwhelming and but after a while you kind of went on a journey with them and it was it was fun and there were people who were there who had come to your thing a couple of years ago no way and they said oh we saw you and we remembered joel had done it before and we thought this is going to be good so Hey, that's cool. I really enjoyed going there. That was a, it's like a year and a half ago, the New Year holiday. And uh, we all got really sick with very COVID-like oh, symptoms. No. And then um, not long after, a worldwide pandemic broke out. So i saying. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was us. Wow. But, but you never know. You are doing the world's craziest race. Well, cr- yeah, I mean, there, I think there are crazier ones, but the, for, for people like you and I, it is relatively crazy. Yes, there are it's l- just over a week to go before I run 100 miles in one day whilst tethered to my friend Nick. That is completely mad. Sarah kept saying, why well, he's doing it in a day? And when she was trying to work out the maths of how long that would take you in a day and whether it was even physically possible. Yeah. It's when you actually... You can go relatively slowly in order to do it in a day, um, but you just got to keep on shuffling, keep on moving. That's the plan. Wow, that is crazy. And you're doing it for a good cause. Well, yeah, I'm kind of doing it for two reasons. One is, obviously, my friend Nick, who is blind, cannot run this without someone to help. So he either has a whole load of people, you know, sets up a team of about 10 different people who will come in and join it at different times. And that can work well, but usually it's quite difficult to find that many people who can all... Uh, you know, he's done it before, and someone comes to help him towards the end, and then they run too slowly, and there's nothing he can yeah, do, yeah, and yeah. so on. Um, so that part of it is is really funny. You know, just goodness me, helping someone for 24 hours solid like that will be, uh, you know, an exciting challenge. But also um, to basically plug the the funding gap so that we can do this doxicology tour and take our very important album off around the churches while COP26 is happening. 
um, which is really exciting. We've got all pretty much all lined up. A um, couple of venues just to finally confirm. Um, yeah, and at time of recording, I'm on. I'm, I'm aiming for five thousand pounds, and I'm on two thousand nine hundred. So. So if people love you and they want to encourage yep. you and encourage the tour and make it happen, where do they go to sponsor you? Uh, I can't remember, so I'll just have to quickly type it in <laughs> find out. GoFundMe.com. No, see, I literally don't really know. Oh, yeah. GoFundMe.com forward slash F, as in F for Foxtrot, forward slash Joel hyphen nicks hyphen 100 hyphen miles Blimey. i might put a link to that somewhere. could you put a link to it yeah because no one's yeah. going to understand that yeah so thanks ever so much everyone who has been supporting and donating really appreciate it i also did i even did a little sort of promo video during a 30 mile run the other day which is kind of fun so you can watch that if you want to find out well done a bit more about what's going on yeah anything else going on in your world yeah i'm getting things ready for teaching a new worship songwriting module on the nexus songwriting degree so nexus i do some teaching for one day a week and they actually have a songwriting degree which is awesome. pretty unique in the world of um, christian things in this country and um, this year one of the modules is christian congregational songwriting so i'm going to lead that and I'm having to devise that from scratch. So I'm going to pick your brains when we go offline, Sam, for lots of ideas. Well, I'm putting it. Yeah, good. That's all I can. I can't got anything else to say, really. Yeah, it's all right. Probably something really important, but anyway. Obviously, all the folks on the 12 Song Challenge have been busy writing and chatting and so on through the summer. And one really interesting thing that came up uh, about 10 days ago, Re- Rebecca Bees uh, posted something about writing a song with her whole church live on a Sunday. <laughs> I thought it was so interesting. Um, I caught up with Rebecca quickly before we recorded this podcast, and here's what she had to say. Rebecca, thanks so much for joining us. I understand you have been having fun with your entire congregation writing a song together live on the day. Is that right? That is right, yes. So you've got to tell us, how did you do it and what happened? Um it's not actually the first time I've done this. I did it with a church um, a few years ago that I used to be a part of. So I have had a little go at this before, but we had a very short amount of time to do this. We did it all in about half an hour. So um, I just started off by gathering people. We have a hybrid service. So we've got them on, on chat, on Zoom, as well as in the room. Probably about 100, 120 people in the room and maybe another sort of 12 screens Um, on zoom so quite a lot of people so I started off by asking people to just get in their family groups and just talk about two things we had a big whiteboard and I split it into two um, and we looked at firstly God's nature and then our response so we were trying to get people the congregation together uh, just to think about who God is um, and just his nature and that would kind of form our verses and then we'd be looking at our response to that, which would then hopefully for inform our chorus. So I get it so far as a kind of exercise, but how do you get from those conversations into an actual song? So we, we've got quite an interactive congregation anyway. They're always up for, for giving something a go. Um, so I just asked them to, to shout out, what are some of the things? Who is God? And they just started sharing and To be honest with you, it was the kids, a lot of the kids that were saying uh, things, which was just great. Um, They were saying he was he's my treasure um, or he's a healer. Uh, He's um, he's always there. And people just started to be honest with you. Actually, the people at home were the first ones on the ball. 
um, mm. while the people were chatting in their families, the chat just started going. Um, so I started writing those things on the board. And that's where somebody actually posted, um, you're all that you say you are. And as soon as I heard that, I thought that's a complete lyric. That's mm. a line. And I think that's something that we can build around. Um, so I kind of had the main thing there already. And the rest of these things sort of listing who God is can quite simply be put around something when you've got a got a link like that. So we just had a whole filled the board. Um, and then I asked, well, are we going to be singing to God? God, you are. Or are we going to be singing about God? Um, our God is. So mm. they made the decision there. And I kind of like that as a little insight into how the congregation like to sing as well um, in their connection. That was a good insight. Um, and then I said, well, what kind of song shall we write? Shall we write a worship song or a declaration song or a praise song? And they said praise and my heart sank <laughs> because <laughs> that's kind of my worst genre. I was like, oh, no. Um, so uh, th thankfully, I had uh, Jason Hufferdine there. Um, so he was there on keys with me and we've been inviting our congregation to bring their instruments anyway. Um, so we had a guitar in the congregation. So we decided to keep it in C and we just started jamming there. And I sort of hummed a little bit and it just kind of came out. But then I had to remember it. And that was the worst thing of the whole yeah. morning was trying to remember because normally I would sit at the piano and then follow the lyric and follow the melody until I had it in my mind and record it. So I had it, but I couldn't do any of that. And I kept forgetting what I was doing. And then people in the congregation started, I said, I can't remember. And then they started singing it out to me because um, they could remember. Um, so I, I ended up calling up uh, one of the, the women who really had a handle on what the tune actually was. And yeah. she came and she led us and kept us on track um, with it. Well, I was able to then think about the next part and she could thankfully remember far better than me so we had people jumping up from their seats to come and join us um, and then when we got to the chorus I said well we'll go to the four chord um, and we started playing there and then all of a sudden sort of a 70 year old couple started singing dee, 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 and they were rocking and singing. Yeah. <laughs> so this melody came from the congregation so I was like well let's go with that um, and we, that's how the chorus got formed well, this sounds incredible. So you created this thing, you sang it together there, and then what did you do with it afterwards? Have you worked on it, sung it again? Yeah, I did a, a little, uh, just a guide track, and put it on YouTube and said, look, well, we only had half an hour. We've got a verse structure. We've got a chorus. If anybody wants to add to it, we can still work on this. Um, and I've had a couple of verse options Um that have come through and we well it was only two weeks ago but we actually used it this Sunday as well on our video so um we had a YouTube service so we we used it then and people are picking it up and they're humming it and it's like a little earworm that they're they're getting but I mean the whole room it just sort of took off with everybody and they were dancing and clapping and I had a little loop on my garage band which I'd linked through um, to the sound system so we, I'd already had that and that's what I wrote to and that really helped just having a beat and a rhythm just to I changed the tempo to, when they said they wanted to praise I made it mm. quicker um, and then just started jamming with that and and that helped sort of get a vibe but as soon as I played the track everybody was oh this is a bit different and they were all clapping and stamping <laughs> along um, to that so it was just a a very it, it went well oh i love that you've got the hang of praise songs you just 
turn the tempo up a little bit and it turns into a praise song. Um, I'm interested in how you feel about this song. Obviously, you're a songwriter yourself and often it would come from within, but this is something that you've gathered from amongst the people. How does it feel to you now? It feels really special um, because I'm always trying to find words to put in people's mouths. It's I'm trying to I'm trying to express something, capture something that our church is walking through. Um, but this way, the words came from them. Mm. And so I was able to just shape something that came from them. So for me, it feels very, very special because I, I feel like it's my church's words, not my words that I'm giving to my church. So it, it does feel feel very special. Well, Mike Clifford has already suggested that for the final month of the challenge, we all combine together to write one song. So if it comes to that, we'll know who to turn to. Rebecca, thanks ever so much for sharing that story with us. Great. Thank you. 12 We'd like to welcome back to the podcast, Rachel Wilhelm. Yay! Yay! You all right, Rachel? How y'all doing? We're doing okay. How are you? Mm-hmm. Pretty good. It's rainy here. Mm. I assume it's rainy there. It's always, yeah, always pretty much. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like saying to us, the summer's over, kids. Start working again. Yeah. Aww. Um, yes. Well, have you got on with this challenge, Rachel? How do you think other people have got on with, with this month? Oh my goodness. Uh, I feel like everyone every month (laughs) is so prolific. Um, I'm, I'm really impressed. I feel like I'm always trying to catch up and trying to sit down and write just because life is busy. And I think everybody's life is busy, but the passion that everyone has for songwriting is just, it's so apparent this year. And it's such a need. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think that um, everyone's doing really well. They're going by the rules, I think, for the most part. <laughs> I think those think- rules are super hard. I was yeah. like, I'm giving up. <laughs> um, no, I, um, so what I did instead is I just had Stacey um, Regan write yeah. lyrics, and we did a co-write. <laughs> yeah and she's so good with lyrics i mean she's she's kind of crazy so um i just love her and i love her um i just love her talent but yeah i think it's in some ways it was a probably less about seeing it as a list of like rules do's and don'ts and more about going wow who is god you know rather than saying i'm not allowed to say this but like to say hey, this is God. This is an aspect of God's character that's blowing my mind. I'm going to write a song about that. Yeah, this is more about, like, who you can write about. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the focus is not on you at all. And, yeah, I mean, that was, I think, I think some of us come from, like, a more personal, um, you know, like, aspect of songwriting. Um, and, And so from that perspective... It's kind of hard when you're when you're consistently writing from that perspective to then shift it to, oh, I'm only writing about, you know, yeah, this yeah. one thing. So, it's a good challenge. It is a good challenge. I I okay. appreciate it. So, what ones particularly jumped out to you? What do you want us to listen to? Yeah, um, Derek Bemler's um, Psalm 96, "Sing unto the Lord." Mm. I really love this song i right away because i think that the song basically starts at the chorus singing to the lord a new song i mean it's really catchy so like i remember it 
<laughs> it's so good. Um, so Derek was saying that he, um, when, when he wrote it, that he and his family like immediately just started to sing it around the house constantly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, it, it is a good sign. So, um, so basically he was saying like once that he finished the song, um, he could see it um, becoming sort of like a table prayer um, that his family did. So awesome. Let's have a listen. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation. All you nations, gather boldly. See where glory is enthroned. Congregations be made holy by the mercy of the Son. Generations come and witness. See the marvelous things he's done. All creation find your fitness in the renewal be made one oh won't you sing to the lord a new song sing to the lord all the earth sing to the lord bless his name i i really like derek's voice i always feel like he's probably only giving us about 30 percent of his voice when he sings like he's protecting <laughs> us from the rest because i think there's a lot in those chops if he really wants to let go oh yeah i mean he's i think he's a trained opera singer wow there we go yeah and he's a vocal coach so he's pretty rad do you reckon we could have a sing-off between derek and andrew finden <laughs> across the atlantic i no, no, i actually just... think we could do that <laughs> i think we should <laughs> we could sing off that would be awesome as, I, I like this as well bold use of the quadruple rhyme in the verses and it it really works i would be like oh man four rhymes i can't do that but i think he made it work he's brilliant i just love him he's really good with um lyrics as well i mean i'm i always uh look at a lyricist and i think gosh how did they do that they must spend so much time and some people you know it's like kate blewett or mm. you know hunter lynch he's another one it's like they just pull these lyrics out and it seems effortless i don't understand it so it takes me forever crazy crazy awesome who else all right um noah shad um mm -hmm. of god um he said uh he was studying the westminster confession of faith and came to the section of god and the holy trinity and thought it would be a neat song since it made an impression so um, his song is based on the first section of the Westminster Confession, and um, he's kind of like, by now, I mean, I, when I was looking at it, it was, um, it was in one state, and then he's, he's kind of worked on it a little more, but it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, it starts with this, you know, mysteriously haunting melody, this piano, um, and the melody is, it's like completely minor keyed, gorgeous. <laughs> something that's totally in my in my wheelhouse yeah. but hard to um, see why you liked it Rachel yeah I think it's my favorite one I mean I just I, when I heard it it immediately arrested me but um it sounds a little do, do you know maybe um 
Maybe, Sam, you know this, like the hymn Stricken, Smitten, and Afflicted. No. Stricken, smitten, and afflicted, mm-hmm. see him dying on the tree. Oh, it's wow. really pretty. Um, it sounds kind of like that, which is it's like <laughs> one of my favorite hymns ever. So, yeah. yeah. Well, let's have a listen, shall we? That repetitive circularity of it really suits the. There's a kind of circularity to the lyrics as well, isn't it? Where the it's just going kind to of go through this kind of list and cycling through it, and that it's really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really touched on all the attributes of God, didn't he? <laughs> um, and I don't know, like it's it's kind of refreshing to hear a song about God that is longing like that. Mm. you know um it it just kind of touches on a different side of you know our response to god you know um and that piano playing oh my gosh (laughs) yeah it's gorgeous trying to think what it reminds me of is it a little bit like mike oldfield's tubular bells there's a little bit of that in there somewhere it's a little bit like that version of um are you gonna go? Are you gonna get the song from Frozen? It's a little bit like that. <laughs> what was that one? Mad World. Remember that? Yes. Version of Mad World. I was about to say that. Yeah. Yes. That's exact. Yeah. All around me. Yeah. What else, Rachel? Um, Mike Clifford's "Glory to God." I thought this was really cool. Um, I loved watching that develop over the um, mini retreat. And, you know, Mike, uh, Mike brought it and uh, asked if some others would kind of take part in it and, and record and, 
and sing all of the eight parts of the canon. <laughs> um, so it was really fun. Um, he kind of roped in uh, Olwyn and Crystal Meyer and Catherine Miller and Maine, and they all kind of sang different parts. It's, it's kind of short, but it's like it's it's based on kind of like Luke two fourteen, and um, I think it's kind of remarkable. He he um, he was kind of like. I think it's really good, you know. <laughs> we were like, um, yeah, this is really cool. So um, we could, you know, we were talking about imagining it being um, like with something for Christmas, of course. You know, it's the Luke passage. So um, gorgeous. It's beautiful. I think we should listen to it. Glory to God in the highest heaven. 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 Nice. Very usable. I know. It's great. Tom looks scared. I just think we should. I was wondering if we should try it. If we all, because we're on, we've got Zoom lag. If we all tried singing a part now, it might come out in that kind of canon style with the three of us. No, no, maybe not. It's really, I like it. I loved it when the hallelujah comes in suddenly, a little cascading thing coming down. Yeah, really nice. We should try singing it um, at Christmas. We should all study it and then yeah. over Zoom do it as part of our Christmas thing. That Absolutely. extravaganza yeah. you all do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? We should do it. Definitely. Let's do it. Olwen Ring, Ring Rose's uh, Lord of All Compassion. Uh, what's super exciting about this one for me is um, I, I follow Olwen's songs quite a bit, and um, she doesn't tend to write um, things like hymns, so um, it was kind of one of her um, rare attempts at, at, a, at hymn writing, and I just love seeing her branch out. She she kind of started working on this at the mini retreat, and I was able to um, see, you know, where she started and then where she ended up, and um, and so she spent like all day on. It was just awesome. So, awesome. Um, I what I love especially is like there's this little bridge section at the very end that I mean it could be used as a chorus I guess, but it's kind of where Olwen just sneaks in her little, like, her little mo modern songwriting self. <laughs> and it, it kind of balances it out, and um, it's, it's, it's really beautiful. Lord of 
I would be singing along straight away in church with that one. Um, I love how the hymns just kind of, I don't know, there's something about the quality of a hymn that um, brings you, it's kind of like the last song where um, it helps you focus in a measured way on the attributes of God, on who who God is, rather than, I don't know, it's like... (laughs) um, now I'm thinking about like me focused worship, right? Um, yeah. And and I hymns just kind of like steer you away from that, just in the way that they are, um, you know, structured. Yeah, so God focused, isn't it? So kind of not not reliant on my my efforts. Great job, Alwyn. I know. And maybe one more. Yes, we've got Catherine Miller from Maine. Um, she's. Uh, Should we clarify why we always call her Catherine Miller from Maine? <laughs> yes, because there's a Catherine Miller um, who's also a UA leader, um, and she she's in like the um, Florida area, and yeah, she she is she, sometimes a part of the Twelve Song Challenge. I don't know if she's a part of it this year or not. Yeah, and anyway, so Catherine Miller. Um, from Maine um, specifies that she's from Maine for that reason because it's like there are two <laughs> Catherine Millers in this kind of sphere. So, um, yeah. So Catherine Miller, I I love her songwriting. She is she's sort of like stab you in the in the heart kind of songwriter. I think <laughs> <laughs> she's very violent. No, I'm just joking. Um, she. <laughs> What I love about her is that she's not afraid to write about things that are, you know, hard to handle, hard to hard to listen to and process. Um, and this song that she wrote, Shepherd of Justice, uh, is based on Ezekiel 34. And uh, she, the, the, the quality of just the way the piano sits and the way her voice sits and all that, it reminds me of um, kind of Tori Amos. Do you remember her? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So she's she's got that going on. Um, so you know, there's a lot of like raw emotion and and all of that. But um, so I, I of course I love the minors. There's there's all of that going on. Um, but uh, she's got the topic of abusive shepherds and pastors um, from Ezekiel 34, and mm-hmm. her response um, is like this song. And, um, and, and, you know, in the States, uh, we're kind of going through this whole like church two thing. I don't know if that's kind of happening where you all are, but, um, so much. yeah, there's like the hashtag church two where there's just all these abusive things that are happening within the church and God is really exposing it. And, and so, I mean, it really, uh, Catherine's song really got me because of, you know, it's, it's just something that we're all kind of grieving right now. And yeah. um, so she says um, about this, the story is as old as the scriptures themselves, shepherds who feed on their f- own flock. And then she says, I find myself caught up in the appalling drama of it all, but the scripture calls me to see who God is and what he's doing. 
In contrast to those who either abuse the sheep or silence them, he declares that he will shepherd his flock with justice. So, Who is this shepherd searching for sheep? Amos thing or uh, even Kate Bush you know and it's interesting you know you, you you told the story but how she uses the music you know the minor and the kind of angular chords and stuff so that because you could write a really pretty pastoral tune to this couldn't you and it would give it a totally different feel it would be more um, consoling and you know but the, the musical feel takes you into that place of Things are not right, but this is a shepherd of justice coming into that, mm. you know, unsettled place. And there's that really bold note. So the the high note, shepherd of justice, that's the major seventh. Mm. So it's a really kind of, you, it's a it's an unusual note to leap up for and grab. Mm. So it means it really, really stands out. Yeah, it really does. Um, so a couple of challenges ago... Um, it was about the the hero songs and she her hero is Keith Green and you can hear that in this yeah you know um it's sort of like I'm gonna punch you in the face with you know that's what it feels like it feels violent to me not in a bad you know, not in like I'm gonna you know make you bloody but like I just I think it's like um I I'm preaching at you you know yeah. I'm scolding you um with the truth because she is, she's actually um, like preaching about the shepherd of justice, the one who does the right thing. But it's she's exposing, she's she's uh, exposing the the shepherd who does the right thing while exposing the shepherds that do all the wrong things. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's it's really, I think it's really brilliant. Star of the month. Oh, oh, I thought I forgot this last last time actually. I think we need a jingle. For Star of the month. 
And I think I might have peaked already when it comes to jingles. <laughs> so if anybody's listening and wants to do a Star of the Month jingle and send it in, we could even have a jingle off next time <laughs> if it comes to it. So, you know, um, just putting it out there. And if you do it, you automatically get Star of the Month. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> who have you got for us, Rachel? Who, is, who has stood out as a superstar of the forum? Star of the Month is Heidi K. She had, I don't know, a lot to say. And she's amazing. And um, was commenting on so many people's songs and um, was so supportive. Definitely Heidi. Yay, Heidi K. Yay! Well, thank you, Rachel. It's brilliant to have you. Lovely to see your face. Of course. And for all your commenting and encouraging as well as, uh, yeah, and all you do with uh, United Adoration and the retreats and everything, we are eternally indebted to you. Amen. (laughs) It's so great to see you all. Aww. You brighten up our day, Rachel. It was drab before you came, but now we're happy. Yeah. But I'm the lament queen, so... That's funny, that, isn't it? Yeah. Why... I bring the drab, right? No. Well, you bring the joy. Yay! It's, it's because you have, that, you have that deep inner core of joy that I think you can do the lament and not, you know. <sighs> Thank you for that. The challenge for September is called the Jubilate Challenge. What's Jubilate, Joel? Jubilate. Anything to do with frothy coffee? Jubilate. Oh. The joyful frothy coffee. Nearly good. If it was called the the Cappuccini Challenge. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, Jubilate is where we came from, actually. Shall I tell the the short story? Yeah. I'm hoping we might manage to do an interview with Michael Bourne at some point. So Michael Bourne and friends back in the 60s had these big youth groups and wanted to write songs that reflected more the kind of music they were, that the people in the youth groups were listening to. So they got together and wrote a bunch of songs um, and eventually ended up publishing this hymn book called Youth Praise, which they sold million, um, I think they sold a million copies of wow. um, over the course of uh, a number of years. It was massively influential in this country. Um, and Cliff Richard was at the launch of it, <laughs> which is, you know, very exciting. Um, and they went on to become one of the really sort of influential new Christian music um, labels, if you like, um, in the UK. And so through the 60s, 70s, 80s, they were publishing hymn books. And in the 80s, they actually formed into a company called Jubilate, which is largely so that they could do a load of work on revising some hymn texts into more modern language and have a way of administering the copyrights and so on. Um, and then um, a few years, let's think, about 15 years ago, definitely 15 years ago, I think, yeah. Sam, you you were chatting with David. Well, you pick it up. Well, yeah, so I um, was invited by David Peacock uh, to come on to the directors and he said, would you want to do a sort of new songs group? And I got together with you and Matt Osgood and we said, yeah, let's do it. And we sort of spawned this thing called Resound. But uh, as Resound has uh, kind of become the new or the newer expression of Jubilate, Jubilate has continued to produce sort of quality hymns and, and hymn texts and 
Um, and so there's there's a whole wealth of material, isn't there, that goes, some of it goes back 50 years, 60 years, and some of it, uh, you know, is quite recent. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's a bunch of new hymns being published any day now, actually, which are on really contemporary themes, so stuff on mental health, mm. um, environment, um, there's one on truth, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, but there's, I think there's about a thousand texts or something like that they've done over the last um, half a century. So the challenge is to go and dig into the Jubilate archives. That's Jubilate, J-U-B-I-L-A-T-E dot co dot UK. Find a text you like and write a new tune for it. That's exciting because I, I think, you know, the whole thing of somebody writing both the text and the tune together, that's a fairly recent thing isn't it in sort of yeah church writing history um and we sort of take it for granted now that you'll have this kind of singer songwriter approach of writing both the text and the tune but actually you know over the last 500 years or so it's been far more usual that someone is a text writer and someone else is a tunesmith or you you know you find an existing tune for your text or you you have a text but you think oh we need a new tune to express this better musically and so I guess what we're encouraging everyone to do is to find their inner tunesmith uh, and learn what it means to, you know, look at a text and think, like, what is the most appropriate and fitting tune that I could write for this text? Yeah. And I think what we want you to do is not think what sounds like a hymn. Yeah. But what tune would my church sing? Yeah. So stylistically, we don't want to put you in a box. Mm. But having said that, there are some things about hymn texts which will determine certain stuff about your tune. Mm. So, for example, the fact that uh, a hymn text is often only four lines, Mm. sometimes eight, sometimes six, um, often doesn't have a chorus and so on, kind of means that the the fairly bland tunes of a contemporary pop song, which explode into a chorus somewhere, might Mm. not do the job. But at the same time, it doesn't mean you can't have that vibe and that feel and so on. It doesn't, yeah. You don't have to try and sound like you wrote it in the Victorian era or something like that. And that won't be really the feel of a lot of these Jubilate texts anyway, will it? Because it's a lot of them, well, they have all been written in the last 60 years. And often Jubilate's had a a value of kind of using the language of the day rather. It's not full of these and thous and, and obscure references. Yeah. Um, we should say something about metre here, shouldn't we? Because um, that's the key thing about hymn texts. Uh, forgive me if I'm teaching anyone to suck eggs, but hymn texts are written to a metre, and the metre, you'll see them at the top of the text, it's 8686 eight, or something like that. It's literally just the number of syllables per line. So we often encourage you to do that anyway when you're writing worship songs. But um, that sort of thing is completely consistent. It will be in the text that you find. So you've got to write with that. But you've also got to look at where the stresses fall in that line. So just having that number of syllables doesn't necessarily mean your tune fits. Mm. So you get these things called trochaic and iambic. And iambic always has an upbeat into it, whereas trochaic just lands on the first one. And they're probably other posh words that I don't know for different <laughs> variations. You don't need to know what they're called. No. But it needs to work. And so you've got to go through, and it's worth going through the text and just kind of marking where are the strong accents in this text and making sure that's how your tune works. But also, and I say this from experience, myself and from being someone who does receive new hymn tunes and looks at them with a group, 
just because it fits the first verse uh. doesn't necessarily mean it fits the second verse. And you were already thinking, hang on a minute, Joel, you said it was consistent. But so I'll try and <laughs> clarify this. It is consistent. But sometimes in certain lines, you could stress the words in different ways. Right. Yeah. It's only when you've been to a couple of verses that you realise, oh, actually, hang on a minute, that's what they had in mind. Yeah, yeah I get it. And yeah, now yeah, that yeah. works everywhere. Yeah. So you've got to figure that bit out first. Yeah, that makes sense. I suppose the other thing about a lot of hymn tunes, um, you wouldn't, as you say, you'd, it doesn't have to sound like a hymn tune, but if you are trying to write a hymn tune, it has a sense of being a kind of complete journey in itself. So you mm. talked about, you know, a modern song, it might, kind of meander around a little bit waiting for that explosion of the chorus whereas a lot of hymn tunes you you will feel that you go somewhere within one verse um and it'll have a sort of completeness to it um so that's that's worth thinking about with your if you want it to sound like a hymn tune does it have a journey and that probably means less repetition i would say mm. um you know we you, we might in a in a in a you know, a tune of a of a kind of pop song, you might be happy to repeat virtually the same tune, um, you know, for four lines. Mm. Whereas a hymn tune tends to have more shape to it, more peaks and troughs and stepwise bits and jump bits and, and just to, to yeah. get that diversity within, even just within four lines. Yeah. And then what you find is you do get some bits of repetition, but it might be the repetition of a shape, mm. but in a different place in the melody. Yeah. So, so there's a, a sense of familiarity as you go, but you've got to have some kind of progression. Otherwise, yeah, as you say, you sort of get to the end of the words and you're like, oh, I'm only halfway through my tune. It hasn't gone anywhere yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there are a couple of ways that, that people do this. One is to include a modulation mm. in it. That's really common in, in older hymn tunes. Uh, often sort of in by, by the end of the second line, you somehow modulate into another key and find your way back to the original key by the fourth line. If that doesn't mean anything to you, I wouldn't try it. <laughs> but if it does, you might like, you might like to have a go. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is... I mean, the, uh, Keith Getty is the you know is, is so well known for writing modern hymns, and there's a really familiar A A B A structure there, where you write one melody, you do virtually the same melody, maybe with a slightly different ending. You do a completely new melody, and then you go back to the original one. Mm. Now you don't have to write like that, and to be honest, if all hymn tunes were like that, it would get a bit boring. Yeah, but it does work, mm. so that might be a, an option you'd like to try. Mm. How about um, what do you think about adding a chorus? Is that doing a that? doing a Tomlin? Doing you a mean? Tomlin? Do a, <laughs> he's going to drop to Tomlin? <laughs> you can say that on Slack if someone adds a chorus. We've decided for this one that you may add a chorus. Okay. Um, if if you would like to, um, and I suppose a couple of things to say about that. One is try to be consistent in the language. So you're using yeah. someone else's text. You've got to try and write a chorus as if they wrote the the words. Mm. That that way it will it is more likely to work. Um, I would say try to avoid using writing a chorus because you've written something musically boring. <laughs> so write a chorus if the text demands it yeah. and will benefit from it. Yeah. But if actually you've just written something that without a chorus is really drab, yeah. you might want to go back and look at what you originally wrote. Um, and then as a technicality, if you were to do that, your chorus would be a separate copyright work in itself. So it sort of it wouldn't be in any way attached to the original mm. text. Cool. So that when people are looking for, for songs, one of the things that strikes me is 
hymns and I think quite a lot of jubilati hymns are true for this is they often are quite good at writing into a gap in a way that a lot of worship songs tend to be more generic more broad themed um often hymns will be written into a particular either bible text or sort of liturgical theme or societal theme so maybe when people are going to jubilati maybe one of the things is to, is to look through and find you know maybe you're looking you're thinking ahead to advent oh i'll try and find an advent hymn that i can i can write a tune to or a harvest hymn or um you know something more kind of thematic it might be that might be a good way to find something that really interests you yeah and uh, you could do that on on that website if you click the little search box at the top um then there's an option to search by theme cool. and that theme i happen to know that under the bonnet that theme reference list has thousands of words yeah, attached to yeah, it yeah yeah so you should be able to find a hymn on any theme that you want yeah. the other thing you could do is if you if you go onto the front page and there's a bit that says hymns and songs if you click that it will just give you a long list of all the texts mm. which you could then click through and see what you like but also there are these little boxes that say texts without tunes mm. and those are the ones that no one has actually written the tune specifically for. Cool. So they're a little bit more obscure. And if you like something a little bit more obscure, um, you might like to go there. Also worth saying, there are just a handful of texts on there that are not Jubilate copyrights. And that's because historically they've been associated with Jubilate tunes or whatever. So just check when you're on there. For example, Timothy Dudley Smith ones. We can't give you any permission to use those. Um, But but by and large, they are. So, So... have a look as you dig through there'll also be some modernized hymn texts try and avoid those yeah. i think we don't want another tune for and can it be yeah try, try and find a text you don't know yeah and and dig through and just get one that grabs you or try a few different ones shall we talk about the i, I do need to give one or two sort of t's and c's and specifics on this one because yeah. we've set this one up with jubilate and chris our agency manager very kindly been working with us so that we can do this but there are just a few quick do's and don'ts so so essentially you can write a tune for for a hymn you can use it in your church with your church including in online worship that's absolutely fine but also apply any normal ccli stuff to it it's just the text stands alone as its own independent thing you could sing it with any tune anyway we're also happy for you to record and create a version of it and put it on social media. So yep. that would be Facebook, YouTube or whatever else. But you will have to give the the proper um, copyright line, which you can find at the bottom of the text, to show that it's not your, not your words when you use it. Um, if you write a new chorus, that's fine, but you have to make it clear that the chorus is completely separate and that's mm-hmm. your own... Um, work and then finally what you can't do is then distribute it in any other way like giving scores to people or making a recording and putting it on Spotify or whatever else without getting permission from um, Jubilati Hymns Limited so that means contacting Chris Juby um, copyright manager at jubilatihymns.co.uk we'll put all these things up somewhere just so you're clear but essentially we want you to be able to use it uh, but these are people's works and so we have a kind of some various limits limitations that we put on that does that sound clear yes Sam? it makes sense and honestly like i've i've honestly done this for you know if i've if it has been a gap i've gone on to jubilate i've looked for a song often i've used the the, the text to a well-known tune but occasionally i have gone oh i don't really have a tune that i really like and i've you know had a go at writing my own tune 
and it, it really really works it's really it's really powerful it's a good way of of going about writing a song and it's a good it's a good challenge i think to think of ourselves as tunesmiths who are having to you know receive these words and be inspired by these words rather than kind of coming with both yeah and you cannot change any words sorry i should have said that that's the other thing <laughs> did you know that's the that other rule really? okay no i don't think so you can't just slip in your own little line somewhere or or tweak a few things around because they don't fit you've got to go with what you find but that's part of the challenge this is the challenge isn't it we set these parameters for you um do you know i've actually written the tunes before for a, a set of hymn words that i found somewhere to use at some point and then i've carried the tune with me and written some new words for it and turned it into oh, a whole cool. song um so you know that might happen for you as well or you know you might write some wonderful tune that you always sing to these words mm. yeah it's yeah a good one. brilliant so have fun and uh i'm really looking forward to this if you are not normally a tune writer i know that sometimes we have one or two people involved who see themselves more lyric writers and struggle a bit more with tunes I- i'm not sure we've got anyone like that this time but if we have then i'm just going to say hey have a go because we're going to give you the words this time so come up sing just sing a melody into your phone um you know something as simple as that even if you don't feel like it's not what you normally do yeah um i think that will be really wonderful All that remains is to play our featured song, and we're going to play a song from Rachel, uh, which is from her album Requiem, which is from her album Requiem, which was released in March this year. And the song is "Man That Is Born of a Woman." We'll pop a link up to that uh, song so you can find it. Um, until next time, bye bye. Bye. Down, much like a 